Right, look, anyway. What? Um, you started it. I'm hoping uh, that the lovely listeners, uh, assuming any of them are... Hello, Hello lovely listeners. Are lovely, lovely listening. Lovely listening. What's the adverb for lovely? Because... Like... Uh... Yeah, because if lovely is an adjective... Yeah. It's like it's like um, I I I don't know like um, you know. Uh, Can you have it which, as a noun? Which uh, Which carrot would you like? I'd like the lovely carrot. Right, that's an adjective. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the lovely bit. The carrot is a noun. Describey noun bit. Yeah. Yeah. Now an adverb is a is a is a, a descriptive term. An adjective. For describing a verb. Right? So, you ran quickly. So, quickly is the adjectival word that, that defi- describes how you are running. So, how you are doing a verb. And does it have a Latin or a Greek ending? Because then it's ah. lovely uses or lovely eye. Lovely eye. Lovely eye. Lovely eye. Lovely eye. With a d- I, E, E. Oh, no, sorry. It's an E, E, isn't it? Yeah, it's but it's like a, a long e. But you see, the thing is, if the adjective ends with an ly already, yeah, right. How do you add an ly on it to make it into a suitable adverb to describe, like? Maybe it's already an adverb, like you know, mouse and mouses. Well, mousily would be the adverb for for if you do something like a mouse. She's complicated. She scurried mousily, right? Okay. Now in 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 Esperanto, it's all very very different and, and much much simpler. But I don't know how you would say you know somebody did something in a lovely way. You ha- you'd have to say because you couldn't say they he he cooked the carrot lovelyly because that wouldn't stabbed make any sense. Lovelyly. He stabbed lovelyly. Yeah. It does sound a bit like a James Bond girl. Stabbed lovelyly. Lovelyly, yeah. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, it does rather, doesn't it? She'll end up covered in gold. Well, if she's lucky. I seem to recall the last one didn't enjoy We're it very back much. We're carrots, aren't we? We are. Yeah. One quick bonk and you're covered in carrots. What? That's what James Bond does. He didn't cover people in carrots. When did he, he ever did cover he people in carrots? People in gold. Cover people in gold, not carrots. It's got carrots in it. As a, is it? That's why they say it's got twenty-four carrots, isn't it? I see what you did. I clearly didn't. I got My there. joke did not land. It just kind of fell off the bottom no, of the runway and no. crashed into the wall. I appreciated it slowly, Lee. <laughs> slowly, Lee. Slowly, Lee. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Look at me, I've got no clue tonight. <laughs> oh, it wasn't Gemma Arterton, though, was it? She got covered in oil. Yeah, she did. She did. Slightly, you know, gold is no longer the mood and black is in this season. Well, they call they call oil black gold, don't they? Or they mm-hmm. used to. They did in the Beverly Hill, but... Did we, did we have black carrots, though? Did, did we have purple ones? Did They were originally white, you told me that. And white. Until they bred them to be orange. Yeah. Mm. We don't mm. get black ones. No. Did we come here to do a Frithcast? Possibly. I'm just kind of enjoying where <laughs> this... 
I'm enjoying the the mad head mood and the cup of coffee because it's the euphoria. Of it's it. been one of those days, and I just need to kick back around the fire for twenty minutes and let my head go where it wants to go, it's, and that's it, it. It is. It's the euphoria of it being like ridiculously. It's the end of, it's the, end long, of the day. Long day, and I'm sitting around the virtual campfire, and I've got people I know around here, and there's potentially marshmallows on a stick for later. I've got a cup of coffee, my knees are warm, I'm chilling out, my brain is going all over the place. And it's lovely. Yeah, it's kind of what I need, you know? We're being descriptive, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> We're padding out the setting, that's all. Yeah, they don't need to pad out the setting. They know, what, they know the good bits that are here. It's like there's logs for them to sit on, there's coffee for drinking, or tea, or non-alcoholic hot beverage of choice. With alcoholic additives if required. There's a nice kind of chilled out fire with a crackle going on. They can, I can't. I'm on pills. I know. It's very upsetting. I know. Mind you, there's no mm. reason I can't have marshmallows with my pills. So There isn't. So that's Or good. a hairy highlander. Well. Or a carrot for that matter. If any happened to turn up. Steady. You know, what? Fucking <laughs> incorrigible. I can't take you anywhere. <laughs> I'm just expressing myself. It's all right. Yeah, okay. Moving on. Um, did we want to do a Frithcast? Yeah, let's do that. And Can what... some music about here and we'll get that bit over and Oh, should we do music? Okay. And then we get some introductions done. Because let's face we'll it... actually get into this episode. We're like, what, nine, nine minutes, ten seconds in by my count? Yeah. So, so you I've know. got about 15 minutes on mine. Yeah, maybe we should do some music. Okay. Okay, let's music. Uh, a one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Music goes here. Music goes here. Diddly diddly dee. And we're done. Anyway, so, Suzanne, my, my beloved. Hello, beloved wife. You wanted to talk about something tonight on Frithcast, did. didn't you? Lovely listeners, welcome to the virtual campfire. Settle in, warm your knees, grab a cup of coffee, pots around here somewhere in the dusk. It'll be about, there's biscuits somewhere in the tin at the back. If you shuffle your feet about a bit, you're bound to knock it over and then you'll yeah, know where it is. Then you'll know where it is. If it goes clunk, then it's either a really, it's a hedgehog in armour or it's the biscuit tin. And <laughs> you're only going to right find out by trying to open it. <laughs> that might might not end well. If the hedgehog in armour offers you a grape, don't take the grape. No. No. Especially what happened last time. No, just, no. just don't. Yeah. Just because we value all of your fingers, lovely listeners. And your souls. And those. If, you know, you're going for the Norse concepts of a multi-part inhabiting spirit. And, the, yeah, no. Yeah, That's it, a whole extra episode. It, it is. I just, I just basically didn't want anybody taking the grape off the hedgehog again and getting trapped in fairy for the next 250 years. That's all. 
was a bit of a tight negotiation last time. Yeah. Yeah, let's not do that again. Let's not. Okay. I'm all out of loopholes. Yeah. I've got a bucket of them around here somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure. Who did you want to talk about? Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lovely listeners, welcome around the virtual campfire. I'm Suzanne Martin. I'm a heathen with a head full of random knowledge. It's your turn. Is it? Yeah. Okay, do I get the random knowledge now? Yeah, you can have it, hun. Awesome. Actually, it's random. Um, I'm Kate. Yeah, you can have it. I'm Kate. I'm not a heathen. I'm a sort of a, a passing druid. Well, I say passing. I happen to live here. Um, and that's kind of why I, I hang around. And I know diddly about anything. Pretty I much. That's quite right. No, I'm not. You kind of clock the hedgehog in armour right away. Yeah. I know things about certain stuff. Yeah. You know. Some of it comes in useful sometimes, but not usually. It's not usually useful at the time I can. Bring. Anyway, who was it you wanted to talk about? It's episode ninety. It of is. Fritcast. And being a multiple of nine, it's story time. Is ninety a multiple of nine? Oh, don't. You know, maths is not my strong point. <laughs> ninety is a multiple of nine. Thanks. It's fine. I really had a horrible yawning kind of chasm. Oh my <laughs> god! I've just introduced the wrong topic. They're going to think I've completely lost it's what's fine. left of my marble. If anybody finds any marbles, they're mine. Bring them back. Had it not been, we could have just done like a random improvised subject. It would have been fine. They'd never noticed. <laughs> oh, good point. <laughs> Moving on. Come for the knowledge, stay for the queer entertainment. Okay. <laughs> Stay for the bafflement. <laughs> That's just us. <laughs> my castle so, my castle has bafflements. I'm not sure I want to know where you've put them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, it's an episode multiple of nine, which means it's story time. Story time. Episode 90, which means we're kind of breathing down the neck of a hundred here. I, do you know, I was thinking that. Yeah, you know, passing thought, a hundred is not that far away. Scary thought. Probably need to break out the wee party hats and the streamers and things for a hundred episodes <coughs> in. <coughs> yeah, those. Um, so, yeah, episode of 90, this one, story time, and I would like to tell you a story. What's the story about? The story is about a young lion called Hamlet. Uh, oh, okay. Or possibly Are King we... of Jutland's son called Simba. Simba. I'm confused. Simba. Yeah. I know the story you want to tell. It's the very, very famous story upon which the Disney movie The Lion King was based. That's the one. Yes. Now, I know this story. This story is quite famous. It's about, and it, it does have, it does have a... a, a, a this whole sing and dance. A sort of, it does have a Danish it? connection, yeah. doesn't yeah, yeah, it? It has it a does. Danish yeah, connection. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a story about a young prince. Yes. Who's son of the king kind of prince? Son of the king kind of kind of affair. Um, his now let me just sum up. If I sum up the story so that you know, and the name will come to you. I'm sure it will. Yeah, it'll come to one of us, guaranteed. It's very very famous. So the guy who's the son of the king, uh, the king is murdered by his brother. Brother, 
The king's brother. The king's brother. The king. Yeah. yeah. So he sort of steps in as the the the, the usurper king, whereas the the the, the deceased Mary's king's the lad mom. boy. Yeah. 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 Uh, marries the king's yes, marries the king's uh, the king's wife, so becomes the stepfather and king of the young prince. Yes, who is it's that one? It's that one. It's yes, that and one. he's a bit miffed, and he gets yeah, he does a bit of he does he he tries to get his revenge and whatever, and he does a lot of pretending to be a bit. Um, how can I put this in modern politically correct terms? Um, round the twist, fruitcake, complete that nutter. Boy's cheese has slid right off his cracker. Indeed, yes. <laughs> that that yes. yes now what was the name of it again An epic revenge ensues yeah what that was the one. name of it again that um one. and i know the lovely listeners around the campfire know it so of course we're talking about prince amleth prince amleth that's the one yes yeah, of course him. him from the manuscripts from the 12th century yes saxa grammaticus 12th century manuscript probably based on a 10th century poem that we probably don't have anymore okay but that's probably where his version came from so we're looking at a a legend right from the end of the viking age Mm -hmm. prince amleth as written down by saxo grammaticus grammaticus being latin for citron i don't know citrus citron saxo's car saxo Lime, yeah. Grammaticus means somebody who writes, I would assume. Hmm. Or yeah. one who well, is one who is known for their writing. Whole, wrote a whole lot of stuff, then yeah, it's one of his manuscripts, Prince Amleth. Prince Amleth. Also, Prince Hamlet and Prince Simba, because they're mostly the same story. Indeed. So I'm going to talk to you about Prince Amleth and this 12th century Saxo grammaticus manuscript mm-hmm. okay so are you ready because these ones they start with a little bit of genealogy and then we get into the song and dance routines and the sword fights and the good stuff let me guess are they both actually left are they both actually not left-handed oh god <laughs> i really hope they are both not left-handed because that yeah no <laughs> can't so well you certainly can't drink the cup in front of you I can't, and he does drink the cup in front of him. Carry so, on. Amleth. Mm-hmm. Lots of parallels that you'll probably recognise. So he, his story starts off with Gevandil, who is the governor of Jutland. Okay. And he's succeeded by his sons, Horvendil and Feng. Horvendil sounds like an elf. Yeah. Feng, for some reason, makes me think of Interesting Times by Terry Pratchett. See, I've got a whole Klingon thing going on in my head. I suppose, yeah. Kind but of soul s- graceful elf, short, fat Klingon. But for some reason, I, I I, couldn't help thinking of the five uh, houses in Interesting Times and they were called, like, Hong and Feng and something and something and McSweeney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... You've got Horvendil and Feng. Yep. And Gervendil, who is their father, has just come back from an expedition where he's killed a king of Norway. And he's married Gerutha, who is the daughter of Rurik, king of Denmark. 
Are you still with me? No, okay. but carry on. <laughs> so, dude has two sons. Yeah. Dude has come back from an exposition where he's killed one king and married the daughter of another. Okay. Okay. And... So, <laughs> win? Win, yeah. All right. So, he's succeeded by his two sons. Sensible. I like it. So, Feng, out of jealousy, short fight Klingon, with a name like Feng. <laughs> Sorry, I'm seeing him now. You're good. Short flight Klingon kind of runs up to his, his sort of tall, svelte, elf-like, glowy brother. Stabby, 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 epic fail dead. Ah, Patak, you lack honour. And so on. Gone. So he's killed his brother. And That's one of the only f- very few Klingon words I know, and it's absolutely foul, and I really shouldn't have... Do we do we get into trouble for swearing in Klingon on this show? No, I think we're okay. Okay, fair enough. So he persuades Garutha to become Feng's wife. Okay. And Amleth has already been born at right. this point. So short flat Klingon Feng decides that he's killed his brother because he tries to persuade his new wife, Garutha, yeah. that he did it because he was trying to avenge a husband who hated her right by killing him and doing her a favor and does she swallow this bullshit i'm not sure okay but there you go all right fair enough so amleth is kind why would of... we care what she thinks sorry <laughs> <laughs> okay so amleth is the son yep his father's been murdered. His mother has now married his father's brother. Yep. Amleth is now a little bit, like, twitchy that he's going to share his father's fate and his uncle's going to kill him as well. You can understand that. So he feigns stupidity, he feigns madness to try and stop the new king, his uncle... The usurper. ...from killing him. Yep. And he tries the king tries to entangle Amleth with his foster sister. Okay. Only Amleth sees through it and gets through that. Right. Amleth uh, is eavesdropped on by somebody behind a, a screen or a curtain in his mother's room and realizes there's, there's a, a spy in the room and stabs him through the curtain and kills him. Okay. Hamlet hath in madness Polonius slain. <gasps> Indeed. Yes. And this is this is him putting an antic disposition on. This is yeah, with the hawk and the handsaw and the writing desk thing going on. I know about like aside from aside from the whole of to be or not to be. Uh-huh. I know like three lines from Hamlet. It's pathetic. I know something about putting an antic disposition on, and I know... I, I, I didn't actually know the Neither Polonius Neither a slide. borrower nor a lender be. Oh, I've heard that one. Polonius' advice to Hamlet, because the king, the usurper king, yeah. with the whole doppelganger beard, evil scar kind of dun-dun-da. Dun-dun-da! Yeah. So the, the king sends Amleth to England with two attendants. Okay. Only the attendants are carrying a letter that they're going to present to the King of England that basically say that they're in company with a criminal and would the King of England do the usurper king a favour by killing the criminal off and just 
getting rid of him. So then the Be- two attendants can go back. So this is the king's usurper king's third plan does not go quite to plan. Because I mean, what's your reasoning there? I've I'm I'm in Norway, Denmark. Yes. Right. Somewhere. I'm in Denmark. I've got this dude. He's a criminal, right? Yeah. I want to kill him. Yeah. Right. I'm the king. Yeah. But did I not, don't know my you know, my my swords in for its MOT or something. Yeah, I, it's getting a, it's getting its weekly polish. You can't get it dirty. You're gonna send him miles across the. Sea you're gonna to send Britain him all the way to bloody England to get killed with two attendants and a letter for the King of England. Fine. So he makes sense. Didn't travels. make sense for Shakespeare. Doesn't make sense for this guy either. <laughs> Prince Hamlet <laughs> travels with two attendants. <clears throat> and on their way over... What are they called? What are they called? What are they called? I don't know in this version. In the version, in the Hamlet version, they're Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Who are dead. Who are very dead. Because uh, it says so in the play. It does. Not that play, different play. Do the, another play mm. with, yes, Stoppard's Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yes. Absolutely glorious, fast word play in that one, but never mind. So he, Hamlet is travelling over to Britain... And he kind of figures out that these two attendants have got a letter for the King of England, yeah. King of Britain. So the King in... Oh, that two very different things. Yes, they are. But leaving that aside, okay. he reads the letter and realises that it's asking for his execution. So he rewrites it. I would imagine you... I mean, it's gonna make you come, you're going to come over a cold shiver, aren't you? Yeah. When you see that, you're going to be like, oh dear. Ugh. I might need to do something about this. Yes. Maybe oh. just change a couple of wee words. Yeah. So he changes the content of the letter to say that he, the prince, is escorting two criminals to Britain to be executed. And also, please, can he marry the king's daughter? Clever. The man has some side hustle. He do- certainly does. He, he has, has some... some great chutzpah. <laughs> right there. I can't pronounce it, but yes, yes. that. Yes. Of solid rock. Is what he's got. Spheres. Mm. The, he the, has the, absolute... The music of the spheres of heaven. He totally has the spheres <laughs> right now. And so, of course, they arrive in Britain. Him and his spheres. Him and his spheres <laughs> arrive in Britain. The orbs of the prophets. Stop it! <laughs> Trying to tell a story, woman. Sorry. You are not. <laughs> Just think. Don't even think it. I'm not even thinking. Don't even think it. I'm thinking of nothing. No, you're not. I am. <laughs> got a blank mind. You have not got a blank <laughs> mind right now, young lady. <laughs> Please do tell me. Tell Just me think, more. Take a minute. Are you of okay? The, of the mighty brass Don't orbs. stop it. company with two not those <laughs> attendants stop it you started that one i did one. not start that one that you were thinking it that wasn't my fault yeah it was carry on okay so amleth travels to britain the two attendants not suspecting any kind of side hustle is going on hand the letter over in fairness you know they're they they 
I was going to say they never had large parts. No, <laughs> so, not in the anymore. play. In the play, I mean, no, they yeah, they, so they you, didn't. You know, they didn't really have any sort of, any kind of complexity to them, didn't they? Until Stoppard came along. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, if even in the Hamlet play, they're supposed to be two of Hamlet's friends. They're not just two attendants from the court. They're With two friends of his like friends that, who were supposed to be seeking the cause of his madness mm. and trying to help support him. And, yeah, things do not go well. So, Amleth rocks up in Britain. The attendants are all kind of smiley-smiley, hand the letter over. Yep. They get carted off by their ear rolls. Yoink. Yeah, huh? And the king goes, yeah, I've dealt with those two criminals for you. Oh, and by the way, here's a daughter for you to marry, a royal princess. Yeah, because, you know, um, not amnesties, what are they called? <laughs> the things where countries agree not to... Twat each other. I mean, sorry, um, not to um, um, treaties. Uh, no, alliances, dip, yeah. di- which they used to Whole do by thing. marriaging yeah, people. Yeah. So marriaging yes. people, marriaging people, marriaging people. <laughs> so he gets married. Yep. <laughs> Lovelyly. <laughs> Lovelyly. With carrots. He gets married. Kind of chills out for a year. Before he goes back to Denmark. Okay. And he arrives back with new wife in tow. And of the wealth he's accumulated in that year in Britain, Mm. he takes it back in some hollow sticks. So it's all disguised. Nice. He goes back to find that in Denmark, in his lands, they're having a funeral feast for his funeral. Okay, because he'd gone off to England. Oh, how sad. He went off to England. And And presumably the king then thought, oh, he's not come back. My attendants haven't come back. That's fine, but he hasn't come back. So obviously my letter got through. Everything's fine. My kingdom is now clear. I'm all good. Discombobucapitated. He has. Splattered. I'll no longer be a decapitate... Decapitate... Something. Yes. So he kind of sidles into the courtiers and gets them all riotously drunk. Okay. And then he carves wooden pegs down as stakes and takes the tapestries off the walls, Mm. puts the tapestries over the top of the sleeping courtiers and pegs them down with these sharpened pegs that he's done, like wee little tent pegs. Okay. He then kind of... Like nice pretty blankets. In, In a way. Yeah. Kind of. He's being very nice to them. Yeah, exceptionally nice. Because he then kind of skips out of the hall throwing flowers out of a basket (laughs) and sets fire to it. The basket? No, the hall. With the drunk courtiers in it who are all pinned down by tapestries and can't get out. And can't get out. So let me guess, they all burn horribly to death. Yes. Yay! They burned horribly. What a happy story this is. What a happy story this is. You know, I thought Hamlet was bad. Yeah, no, not like this one. So, Feng. You remember Feng? Evil, evil overload usurper. Kapla! Short Klingon, short little fat Klingon Feng. That's one of the other very few words of Klingon I know. Okay. He kills the now king with the now king's own sword. Which is, you know, it's a pretty big move, to be honest. If you're going to go big or go home, he kind of goes big and stays there. Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Who's Feng? Feng is the usurper king. The one who killed his brother. 
Right at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So who's just killed Feng with Feng's own sword? Amleth. Amleth has killed Feng with Feng's own sword. Yeah. Right. I got a bit confused there. I don't know quite why, but Amleth, I'm with it now. Amleth, despite all the king's machinations, mm -hmm. he's survived all of the three plots. He survived his foster sister. Yeah. Getting all all romantic. All and devil's advocate and with chilly. him. Yeah. He survived the two attendants taken into Britain. And he survived. There's a third plot as well. Oh, yes, he survives the eavesdropper that's in his mother's room, the spy. Yes. He's spying on him to see whether his madness is real. Of course. So he, Polonius, he Polonius. Hamlet hath in madness. Polonius slain. Polonius blood axe yeah, or something. Polonius is, yeah, hairy trousers. Um, <laughs> him. So he survives all three of the Usurper King's plots to try and get rid of him or to try and figure out that his madness is feigned okay. and therefore he's fair game. Yeah. So he then slays the king, his evil Usurper uncle, short fat Klingon king, Yeah. kills him with his own sword. Right. Yeah. When, when do we get to be or not to be? Because that's the only bit I know. Yeah, no. So then he gets proclaimed king. Yeah. All good. Mm -hmm. He then returns to Britain. Right. Which is where his wife's family is. You remember she's a royal princess? Of course, yes, yes, yeah. he might, yes, yes, of course. And yes. then finds out that the king that he managed to sneak that doctored letter to, his father-in-law. Yeah. Him and, well, his father-in-law and Feng, short fat Klingon. Feng, the Klingon usurper, Klingon usurper yeah, yeah. yeah had pledged to avenge each other's death if either of them was murdered. Oh, that's awkward. Just a tad. Gonna make dinner a little bit awkward. Shame you never mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> you know, you'd think... <laughs> Welcome to our family. Oh, by the way... Welcome to the house of Gowron, or whatever. Yeah. And um, I don't know why that sounded more like an uh, an old gardener from the. Uh, but um, see, I was thinking it had whole hints of blessed in there. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Brian, blessed thing going on. So the English king <laughs> is kind of unwilling to carry out this sort of thing. He doesn't really want to murder his son-in-law. Well, you know, because his son-in-laws killed his uncle, who was pledged to the king of England. And it's all a bit of a oh, tangled God, mess. Oh, me. <laughs> what a tangled web we weave I when know, first right? we practice to murder every everybody. <laughs> so the English king says, well, instead of me, like, going stabby, stabby, death, die, yeah. I'm going to send you to woo a Scottish queen who's a bit great and terrible. Hang on, wait. Isn't he already married to he's this king's already, daughter? He's already married to the king's daughter. And the king whose daughter he's married to... Is sending him to go and woo a really cranky Scottish queen. Is there another kind of Scottish queen? Probably not. Let's put it this way. She's had three shredded wheat this morning. In fairness, the only Scottish queen I can think of is Mary. Ooh. And she was actually she was actually quite... She was quite kind of measured... About things, mostly. Yeah. Well, this Scottish queen is a bit Scarlett Johansson. She's kind of killed every suitor that's come to say hello. Yowch. Oh, hi. Off with his head. I brought Actually, you flowers. No. 
Actually, was it Mary or Elizabeth that burned that house down and killed that guy? I know. That might have been Mary, actually. Maybe she wasn't as sanguine as I thought. Anyway, do go on. Sorry. Okay, so he's going to go northwards mm. beyond the wall to go and woo a really cranky Scottish queen who's been sent by the King of England to go over there. Yeah. He ends up going over to woo the Scottish queen just yep. as she's, like, wiping the blood off her curtains from the last suitor. Okay. And whatever he does works because she ends up falling for him. Oh. Now, this is slightly difficult because he's already married to the daughter of the King of England. Yeah. Daughter of the King what, of England. What, what was the plan here? I don't know. I think the the King of England's plan was that if he sent Amlath north... He would get... He would he woo would her and splattered. fail. Yeah. And then she would she would scatter stabby, him. Stabby, stabby, die and end of problem. And he'd be all over the curtains. Yeah. Yes, of course. I'm sorry. That was obvious. Of course that was the plan. So that was the plan. He didn't want to do it himself because, you know... Yeah, so he sent it sent his son-in-law to a cranky Scottish queen who fell in love with him. Amlath. Yeah. Uh, so on his return to Britain with said same cranky Scottish queen, his first wife, she actually doesn't resent the fact that he's now got another woman in tow. Well, she is a queen. She is a queen. She tells him of her father's intended revenge. She tells him that her father basically set him up to go north. Okay. Amleth is not impressed. No, well, you wouldn't be. So there's a battle that happens between Amleth and the King of Britain's army. Amleth's army and the King of Britain's army with cranky Scottish queen and first wife all in the mix. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. He's got an army. Well, I'm assuming he's got an army. He's not going to face a cranky Scottish queen without an army. Yeah, fair dues. So he comes back down to Britain with cranky Scottish queen who is now all lovey-dovey hearts. Uh-huh. Says watcher to his first wife. She followed me home. Can I keep her? Yeah. She's like, look at how cute he is. Are you cute? Yeah. Who's who's previously been murdering, murdering Scottish Queen is now not. He's just totally simpering, happy Scottish Queen. She might still be murderous. She just hasn't murdered him. So yeah, his first wife basically wanders up and goes. Well, you don't give up a hobby just. Amleth, because... sweetie, I need to tell you something about your father-in-law. He was the one who intended for you to go north and die. You were supposed to be all splattered across the curtains. Yeah. Amleth did not get splattered across the curtains, so he sets up he has a battle with the king of britain whose daughter he's married yes all of that and amleth wins the battle by setting up the fallen dead from the day before on stakes to make his army look bigger what <laughs> what did tell me say that again so they have a battle day yeah there's some wee dudes die in the front lines. The red shirts go. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Pawns. Yeah, so Amleth makes Pawns. his army look bigger by taking those dead and setting them upright on stakes to make it look like his army's got more numbers. Oh, my dear God. I know, right? Wins the battle. Decides, actually, I've had enough of this. I'm going to go home to Jutland. Yeah. I mean, I'd have done that years ago, but... Takes his two wives with him. Oh, my crikey. 
please tell me he at least buries the guys on sticks. I don't know what he does with the guys on sticks. <laughs> it's just into Grendel. I've no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Crunchy warrior sticks. Crunchy warriors on sticks. So... <laughs> oh my god. He's then slain in another battle. Yeah. After that. Yeah. <laughs> and Saxo says... Amleth is slain. Amleth is slain. Like off screen. Off we don't screen. even get to see it. We do not get to see it. And okay. it basically says he's buried on a plain or a heath in Jutland which bears his name and is a very famous place. Do you know, for a minute... I've got no idea where that is anymore. Do you know, for just a split second there, I honestly visualise them burying him on a plane. Yeah, no. Eels on the bus, not around at this particular time. <laughs> so it's this mad, mad story. That yeah. So many parallels of it are in Shakespeare. Well, he's just—he's basically just pulled it straight the from one thing. The only thing Shakespeare's got Laertes, his best friend. Okay. So where the original, this original has two attendants, court attendants that go with him to Britain. In the Hamlet version, you have Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. But you also have Laertes, son of Polonius, brother to Ophelia, and that whole kind of triangle where Laertes is Hamlet's best friend. Yeah. Ophelia is his love interest and Laertes' sister. Polonius is advisor to the court who ends up talking to Gertrude the Queen and hiding behind the curtain in her room when Hamlet comes in. And Hamlet realises there's somebody behind the curtain and stabs him. Through the curtain? Through the curtain. Which then kind of cheeses off Laertes, his best mate. So it sets up that whole tension. Yeah. So he's taken a lot of this original story and tweaked it. Now, this is a 12th century story. Yeah. And Shakespeare probably didn't get sight of the Saxo Grammaticus, the 12th century version. Well, he'd have been writing, what, 500 years later? Yeah, he probably got... The tale probably went into French and then he got a copy of the French version. Okay. For those of you who are wondering whether, you know, Scar, Simba and Mufasa fit this particular pattern, they do. Well, because it is somewhat, isn't it? It's the same, roughly the same storyline, right down to the two attendants. Yeah. That, you know, Hamlet spends time away and then comes back. Maybe not precise on the details, but it's the same story. Good, because I don't really want to see those two getting executed. No. Because that would take away some of the um, family-friendly fun, yeah. light-hearted... They call me Mr. Gildenstern! <laughs> Doesn't work, does it? Too long. Really. No, okay. What's Danish for Hakuna Matata? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to have to go look it up. I, so, but yeah, it just yeah, I kind of wanted to go through the story of Amleth. Yeah. And the fact that it is very, very recognisable as a... I don't know whether you'd call it a proto version of Hamlet or whether you'd just say that Shakespeare kind of upcycled it a wee bit. It's just, it's just, it's just an adaptation, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's... We... I'm, I'm no expert on Shakespeare, not at all. Um, not by any stretch. I mean, I think I've said before in previous episodes, it's like... I, I know about three or four bits of Shakespeare. Mm. But I know a lot of his stuff. And I'm not I'm not saying I could do better by any stretch. But he was a... Or they, depending on some conspiracy theories. Yeah. He was a, 
a job in playwright. He he needed to keep producing stuff for the crowds. Yeah, needed to keep continually producing material. Yeah, and the fact that he was... We now look at what he was doing as, as this sort of epic literary, you yeah. know historical milestone of, of you know he's he's one of the greatest you know writers of, of, of all time yeah. but at the time he just needed stuff to put on the yeah. stage so what he did with the story of Amleth and he created it into Hamlet we took his Romeo and Juliet and made Rest Side Story yeah and just transposed it into a different context mm. and changed a few of the details, but enough for it to remain exactly the same as it was. Yeah, I mean, with this, I'm sure if we thought about it, there's there's loads of stuff that's basically just a rework of something Shakespeare yeah. did, which might in turn have been a rework of something else, something from from long, long before. Cook with Titus Andronicus. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I, it's not not specifically a a, a, a previous. An adaptation of a previous story as such, but a previous event. I mean, I'm thinking of Julius Caesar. A lot of the things that we think of as happening around the assassination of Caesar are from Shakespeare, not from history. Yeah. You know, the whole thing about et tu brute and all that. Shakespeare. It's all Shakespeare. Yeah, so it's kind of a odd story time this time around for number yeah. 90. Yeah. So, lovely listeners, we're going to leave you there pondering... The, the wonders of Simba and Amleth and Hamlet. Have a lovely ponder. Have a jolly lovely ponder. Biscuits are in the tin somewhere. Watch for the hedgehog in armour. <laughs> and we, we will talk to you all next time. If you would like to find us online, you can. It's awesome. My name's Suzanne Martin. You can find me on Facebook. You can also find me on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans. Strictly speaking, they can find you online. Yes. Um, if they need to contact me for any reason whatsoever, more than welcome. They can contact, uh, drop me a message through yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So we also have a new home. Indeed. For Frithcast. Yeah. So come and find us at Frithcast Pod on Facebook. Yeah. And we also have a Discord channel uh, attached to that as well. Yeah. I, I, I do pop into the Discord yeah. channel every now and then. So. so, yeah, come and say hi for the new home for the virtual campfire. Come and meet other lovely listeners from around the world because you're all out there and you're all awesome. <laughs> and we will talk to you all next time for episode 91 of Fridcast. See you then. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye.